familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Many times we hear about the amazing circumstances women and their partners have to go through to have a child. When a woman chooses to use in vitro fertilization, otherwise known as IVF, it is a life-changing decision. So after you've gone through the process of IVF, what happens next? How do you handle any challenges like breastfeeding? Today we're discussing how IVF impacts breastfeeding and what mamas can do to improve their experience. We're the Boob Group. I use a breast pump. I hand express milk for my baby. I exclusively breastfeed. I use a nipple shield. I breastfed after a C-section. I use a milk bank. I breastfeed in public whenever I feel like it. I pump at work. I breastfeed with a cover. I breastfeed twins. I give my baby bottles. I made my own supplemental nursing system. I supplement with formula. I talk to my baby while I breastfeed. I'm breastfeeding as a survivor of sexual abuse. When I have extra milk, I share it with other moms. We are equal. We are the Boob Group. Welcome to the Boob Group, everyone. We're here to support all moms wanting to provide breast milk to their babies and to respect the choices of moms who choose to feed their babies in other ways. I am Sunny Galt, and I am actually going to take a little bit uh, of a break in this episode. I have some exciting news for you guys. So Priya, it, many of you guys may know Priya. She's been on our shows quite a bit. She's the founder of Moms Pump Here, which is a great app that helps moms find great locations to breastfeed and pump for their babies. But she's a friend of the Boob Group. She's been on the show quite a bit. And I I am handing over the hosting reins to Woo! Priya. <laughs> this is this is Priya's first official. I think you've co-hosted um, before, Priya. I think yes. we had you kind of moderate an episode in the past. Um, I think about celebrities and breastfeeding. I think mm-hmm. that was our topic a while back. Um, and we just love what you bring to the show. And I'm so excited. Uh, just for everyone out there, I'm still involved in the show. I'm still going to be producing the show and all that good stuff. But uh, we're real excited to welcome Priya. So I'm going to Priya. I'm going to turn the reins over to you, and you can finish the announcement and continue on with our conversation today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sunny. I'm so excited to be a part of this amazing podcast, The Boob Group. It's made such an impact in women's lives, and I'm so glad I can be a part of its future history. So as Sunny said, I'm I'm your new host, Preena Marn, and I'm also the co-founder of Moms Pump Here, the nursery room locator app that helps women find places to breastfeed and breast pump around the world. And if you haven't yet, we encourage you to download the new Mommy Media Network app, which gives you easy access to all our episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast through iTunes, so all our latest episodes download to your mobile device automatically. And if you're on iTunes, please leave us a review so other moms can learn about us. Let's meet the mamas joining our conversations today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Jeannie, why don't we start with you? Hi, I'm Jeannie. I'm speaking to you from uh, Queensland in Australia. I have three daughters, all of whom were conceived through IVF. 
they're not babies anymore. Um, they're now aged 18, 14 and almost 11. But um, yes, I, I breastfed all of them. And um, But I went through a lot of years of IVF before I had the first. That's awesome. Thank you for being on, Jeannie. And Alicia? Uh, hi, I am Alicia Galnett. I'm from Cleveland, Tennessee. I have three children. My newest child, we got pregnant with him through IVF. And um, my other two children... I got pregnant with them naturally, and I was unsuccessful at breastfeeding. I think basically because of a lack of knowledge and support system. But uh, I got remarried, and my husband adopted my other two children, and we wanted to have a child together as well. So um, after having my tubes tied after my second, we uh, our best option was to go through IVF. And we got pregnant with him last year. We had him a week before Christmas, and now I've been breastfeeding eight months strong. And uh, he's my only breastfed baby and uh, baby that I've had through IVF. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. So I am also a mom of three in addition to being an entrepreneur. Um, I'm a mom of three and my children are all now older. My oldest is uh, 14 and my daughter's 12. And my youngest son, Liam, is eight years old. And he's actually the the only one I've breastfed the longest. All three of them got, had breastfeeding and supplement uh, supplements and breast pumping and all that great stuff. But Liam, I breastfed for three years because I just couldn't let go. And uh, one day it was just <laughs> time to make it happen. So I uh, have a great relationship, great bond with all three of them. Um, but breastfeeding, breastfeeding was very important to our relationships as babies. Sounds familiar. If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. So now it's time for the Boob Oops. And the Boob Oops is a great segment where we always um, have these really funny and quirky stories from our mamas that are submitted on social media. And this one comes from Gwen. So it was three days since the arrival of my son. We had been nursing well and had a good latch, suck, well, etc. Then came the milk. Why didn't I know what to do? Why won't he latch on? Will I ever be able to feed my baby again? These and many other deranged thoughts <laughs> rattled through my brain at 4 a.m. as I paced the floor with a screaming, starving baby and two very swollen breasts. Then a midwife came, saw me bawling in utter desperation, and took my son while I stood under the shower. She showed me how to express just enough so my son could latch on and settled us both in bed, side by side, and instructed me how to feed him lying down. It's funny how something so simple nearly broke my resolve. The hormones didn't mix well with sleep deprivation, do they? 
you know what I love about this boob oops is that uh, she's right. Sometimes it's the, the, the smallest little thing that can kind of break us and we're already sleep deprived and we're kind of going crazy, especially if it's your firstborn. You don't really know exactly what you're doing. And I just love the fact that the, the, um, the solution was so simple. I'm so glad that midwife was there for her just to say, Mama, mm-hmm. take a break, go in the shower, just relax for a second, you know, hand express a little bit. You know what I mean? Because sometimes we just get so frustrated. We just need someone to just be like, you know, it's going to be okay. There's there's a really simple solution here, and I'm going to walk you through it. And it, it sounds like it worked for Gwen, so that's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like she was in a hospital. Yeah, yeah, she definitely. Yeah, I don't think the midwife's hanging out at her house, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she is. Maybe she hired her. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was a home birth. Um, yeah, so at least she had the help she needed. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today we're talking about IVF and the impact on breastfeeding. Our expert is Jeannie Elliott, and she's coming straight to us from Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Down under. Down under. (laughs) And she is an amazing volunteer and counselor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Jeannie, I'm so glad you're on. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And we have such a wide variety of mamas on today. Jeannie's from Australia, Sunny's in San Diego, I'm in New York, and Alicia's in Tennessee. We're all over the place. All over the map. I love it. Okay, so I'm using the term IVF, but for listeners who do not know what it stands for, an IVF is an in vitro fertilization. It's a process of fertilization by manually combining an egg and sperm in a laboratory dish and then transferring the embryo to the uterus. So Jeannie, based on your experience, um, how has it been working with IVF moms? I think there's a few issues that can be specific to IVF mums or mums who've needed help with fertility. In some cases, the actual reason for needing the IVF treatment may have an impact on on whether they're going to produce enough milk. For example, women who suffer with PCOS, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, in some cases uh, have a delayed onset of lactation, so they may struggle to make enough milk in the first um, in the first week or so after giving birth. But in a lot of cases, if they're given enough support, can eventually produce enough milk. On the other hand, some mums, a lot of, I've spoken to a lot of mums with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome who have the opposite problem, who have a huge oversupply of milk in the first few weeks and struggle for that reason. So sometimes the hormonal reasons for the fertility problem that led to needing IVF can have an impact on the production of milk. Wow. Um, Alicia, did, did this happen to you? Actually, from the beginning, I've had an oversupply, and I regularly use the block feeding method when nursing. Instead of giving him both breasts, I just give him one at a time. And I have a heavy letdown, too. And so that's been, you know, it was a struggle when he was little, but not so much now. I have not had any supply issues other than an oversupply issue up until recently 
about, I went and saw an a uh, lactation consultant on Monday, actually, and she gave me some supplements to take and gave me some uh, tips and information to help uh, get my supply back up. But my supply just like bottomed out out of nowhere. But we are thinking it's a combination of I had uh, I had shingles last month and yeah, and then my son's teething. And so he's not latching as well and he's not pulling the milk as well. And so we're thinking it's a combination of that caused my uh, supply to bottom out like that. But it's getting back up. And uh, that's great. Yeah, and I haven't, the last two days have been a lot better. I can actually, you know, feel my letdown again and I'm leaking again. So I know, you know, hey, things are getting back to normal. And when he's nursing, he's he's not frustrated like he was before and everything. So I'm pretty sure we're getting back on track where we need to be. But as far as that, with the IVF, I don't know if, you know, that has had any impact on my supply or not. Um, you know, my reasons for IVF was because I had had my tubes tied. And then there were some issues on my husband's side. So uh, I don't have any medical conditions or anything, I believe, that I know of, you know, that could have uh, contributed to my my milk supply. Um, however, I have had mastitis four times in eight months. Wow. Which has been really bad. That is rough. Yeah. and But I'm sticking it out, so... In some cases, sometimes the reason for a woman needing to go to IVF may be because of hormonal imbalances. So in, in Alicia's case, there was a physical reason that she'd had a tube side. So I wouldn't have expected that, the, that there'd be any particular impact. But some, in some cases, a lot of cases, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people need to, to use IVF or other fertility treatments. And most of those won't have any direct impact on how well they're going to breastfeed. What I was saying is, in some cases, there may be, depending on the reason for the fertility problem, it may have an impact on um, on, on the milk supply either in, in either direction. Uh, so women who, who may have reduced fertility due to a high productin levels when they're not pregnant you know, may well find they have a, a huge oversupply, and that can be a struggle in itself. In, um, and things like mastitis... Uh, can often be a, a side effect of having a, a huge oversupply. Wow, that's really interesting. So what what do you think are the common assumptions about IVF, you know, when you're preparing for the baby's birth and hopefully breastfeeding? What do you think the common assumptions are? Well, I, I, I think if for some women, if they've had to go through a lot of IVF treatments before they get a successful pregnancy, if they've had miscarriages, if they've had to try a whole range of different um, you know, treat, treatment protocols before they get a successful pregnancy, they can lose confidence in their own body uh, and lose confidence. You know, they figure, well, my body can't get pregnant without a whole lot of medical help. Uh, very often there are then interventions around the birth, um, a high, certainly with as high rates of, of cesarean sections and so on for women who've had, an, uh, uh, who've had fertility treatment. And successful breastfeeding to some to, to a large extent requires that you can trust your body to be making enough milk for your baby because when you're breastfeeding you can't see how much is going into the baby and you know it's a matter of being able to trust that you know that your body can provide enough food for your baby if you feed your baby often enough that your body your baby trust that your baby knows you know when and uh, when when and how often he needs to feed and for how long 
And that trust can be broken in that whole process of struggling to get pregnant. Uh, and that, that just that, that lack of trust in your own body can have an impact on, um, on uh, how successful you may be at breastfeeding if you don't have you know, good support to, to, to keep going and, and good information. Wow. So do you think that that lack in confidence is directly to relate, related to stress? So if you're lacking confidence, you're, you're feeling stressed out. I can't do this. So Possibly, but I, I think at the first sign, if there's, if there's difficulties, it's not going as well as you thought it was going to do. It can be very easy to say, well, my body couldn't make a baby. My body couldn't give birth to a baby. Why would I assume that my body can make enough milk for my baby and be very quick to, to go to kind of medicalized kind of solutions? If you've needed medical professionals to help you get pregnant, to maintain a pregnancy, to give birth, then you're more likely to go to medical people assuming there's a medical problem. And unfortunately, a lot of our medical professionals, our doctors, our GPs, our even our you know, obstetricians aren't really uh, very knowledgeable about normal lactation and how to cope with, you know, what is a normal, way, normal, normal baby feeding. Yeah. And that's where our lactation consultants come in. Absolutely. That's right. And a lot knowing who to ask for that, that, that help, whether it is your volunteer counsellor in Australia with the Australian Breastfeeding Association or through Laleisha League or, or to a, a lactation consultant um, so that you get the right information about what is normal baby behaviour and, and, and a normal process of lactation. So it seems like a lot of it's education. And Alicia, you, you, you kind of touched upon this, that, you know, you didn't have enough um, information for the first two babies. Um, but for the last baby, you had a lot of information in regards to breastfeeding and all the different things that you could do. Was that because you had a lactation consultant for the last child? Or did you have a lactation consultant for the first two? I think it's the times. My oldest is 10. Uh, my middle child is seven years old. And you know, now I have a smartphone right there at my fingertips where I'm parts of groups, uh, Milky Mamas and other groups where, you know, if you need help, there's lactation consultants on there who, you know, give you lots of sound advice. And it's a very, it's a support group basically. And, and plus my lactation lady, I mean, she touched on, you know, doctors don't, you know, usually have much information on uh, breastfeeding and stuff. And that's true. They don't at all. I mean, mm -hmm. my doctor didn't even ask me if I was going to breastfeed or not. But, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Wow. And uh, I had a cesarean with all three of my children. And um, so there was that, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this or not, but I was determined to make it happen. And luckily, there we have a great lactation consultant uh, in the town I live in. And she, I mean, I can text her anytime I have issues. And she's right there. And she's helped me every step of the way. So. I guess just having a big support group. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's so important. So what happens when things don't go quite as planned for IVF moms? We, we've talked about this a little bit. And breastfeeding obstacles emerge. What steps can IVF moms take to be successful at breastfeeding? We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Welcome back. Today we're talking about IVFs and impact on breastfeeding. Our expert is Jeannie Elliott from the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Um, thank you, Jeannie, so much for being on. Now we've talked a little bit already about, you know, obstacles that have occurred for moms that um, have used IVF and they want to breastfeed and their body confidence going into breastfeeding. So what are some tips IVF moms can use to, to be successful at breastfeeding? Well, my, my tips really apply to any mums. Um, I think it's very easy when you're pregnant to get very focused on, you know, what stage is my baby growing at? How big is my baby? What, you know, how big their fingers are and focus on the fact of being pregnant and forget to look beyond uh, when you've got a baby uh, and educate yourself as to what is going to be normal baby behaviour. Towards the end of pregnancy, most mums get very focused on what's going to happen around the birth. Is the birth going to go well? Is it going to hurt too much? How am I going to cope? What am I going to do? Um, and it's important to remember that it's, you know, the birth, even if it's a bad one, may, maybe, you know, 28, 24 hours or 36 hours, there's a whole lot of years beyond that when you've got a baby to look after. Um, yeah. And to remember to, to, to do some research, not just about the pregnancy and about the birth, but about what is normal baby behaviour so that when you go home with your baby, you don't get freaked out because you didn't really know what to expect. And um, whether you've had IVF or not, I think that's a huge, hugely important step to to take to to actually look at. Absolutely. You know, how does feeding work? How how often you know what is or how often is normal for a baby to feed? Mm -hmm. um, as a breastfeeding counsellor, I'm always getting um, calls or emails from mums who, you know, uh, have what is an absolutely normal pattern of feeding for a small baby, but seem to think that their baby's feeding too often or isn't getting enough milk because they want to feed, uh, They, you know, that in the afternoon they, they, they want to feed an hour after the last feed. But that can be quite normal behaviour because babies are small, they have small stomach capacity and they, we want them to grow fast. They need to be fed often. Yes, um, every two hours, right? And sometimes, that. <laughs> and sometimes more often. Yes. It's quite, you know, cluster feeding, cluster feeding for four or five hours in the afternoon and evening is, is very normal. And, you know, baby feeds for 20 minutes and 30 minutes later wants to start over. And that's, that's, that can be a very normal pattern. But mums get freaked out. Yeah, absolutely. Alicia, did that happen to you? Did you oh, find yes. that the feeding pattern was crazy? <laughs> uh <laughs> You know, I had friends tell me, you need to get him on a schedule. You need to get him on a schedule. But really what I've done is just what works best for my baby and our needs. And I feed on demand. Uh, always have from the beginning. And uh, yes, there are days where he cluster feeds and wants to be on the breast all day long. <laughs> he loves his ninnies. So oh, is that what he calls them? Yeah. Oh, that, that's what, how you refer to them? The ninnies. ninnies. Yeah. <laughs> like the minions. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, cluster feeding is a struggle and it's really hard, you know, especially for new, I'm sure for new moms, you know, this is my third child. So, you know, you gotta just remember those dishes can, you know, they can get washed later. You know, yeah. they're only a baby for so long. They go through leaps, mental growth spurts where they need that constant, you know, cluster feeding. And, uh, you can just stick through it it's really not that bad and once they're done with that you're gonna miss those times my son's eight mm -hmm. months old now and he he doesn't hardly ever have a day where he wants to cluster feed he's too busy trying to crawl and play with his toys and stuff 
And now I miss those days when I just laid on the couch and watched Netflix all day long. And all I did was nurse my baby. You know? Netflix and breastfeed. That sounds like yes. a meme. Yep. <laughs> but. So what type of support system did you tap into? Jeannie, too, like, you know, what type of support system should moms um, be tapping into? We talked about lactation consultants, but what about the family? How do you address these issues with your family to get the support that you need? The most important support is other mums who are breastfeeding or have breastfed. And, you know, in, a, in Australia, I'd be saying join the Australian Breastfeeding Association, use our telephone helpline, use our uh, look at our website for information, uh, come along to our meetings and, and, and meet with other mums. If you are surrounded with other mums who are successfully breastfeeding, it's easier to believe that your body can do it. If you're surrounded by other people who have had struggles and have put, put gone to gone to bottle feeding and formula, then it can be very easy to feel like you're weird if you're persevering with breastfeeding. Um, mm-hmm, absolutely. And if if your mum and your and your and your mother-in-law and and, and the ne- the lady next door have not breastfed, they're going to be suggesting things that worked for them and may not be the the the, the, the right information for you. So it's important to be. Um, uh, discerning about whose advice you you accept, uh, whose advice you follow. I mean, certainly accept it, smile and nod, and um, and say thanks for your input, but um, yeah. but making sure that you're getting reliable information. So, I mean, I know in Australia the best source of information is going to be the Australian Breastfeeding Association. Uh, the Laleisha League in in other countries provides that information. Uh, websites like Kelly Mum that are run by lactation consultants. Uh, are ideal sources of reliable information. And the boob group. Absolutely. Because <laughs> we have people like you on. <laughs> so, you, yeah, those are very, very important points um, that you're making, you know, just, and, you know, think about the internet. Alicia talked about using her smartphone now when she ever she needs to find information. You know, that's what moms do now. They just pick up their phone and look, you know, they look on their feed on social media or might they might go to, you know, Google or something and try to look something up. But you still have to be very discerning about the information that you're getting. There's lots you know? of information, but not all of it is reliable and, and, and based on good science. Well, where I'm from, we have a local uh, Facebook group and it's Milky Mamas and it's for breastfeeding mamas and it's uh, backed by lactation consultants, IBLCs and all the information you get off there is a lot of it is stuff that they have found on Kelly mom. And it's a great support group because I, my family's, my husband's very supportive and my children are supportive, but my family's, they're not big breastfeeders. And, uh, so my main support group has been friends that I know from, you know, from growing up that breastfeed or, uh, like this group, where, you know, there's women on there, I mean, there's thousands of women on there, and we all just kind of support each other, and when someone's having a bad day, you know, uh, help lift them up and tell them, you know, hey, you're doing a good job, your body knows what you need to do, just trust in that, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the body confidence, again, trusting your body. Yeah, you really do, because, I mean, there's days where you doubt, and you think, oh, is this going okay, maybe I'm not making enough. And, you know, a lot of times it's it's not that you're not making enough. Your body's regulating itself and you're just not as engorged as you're used to being or something. Well, in my case, yeah. anyways. But uh, support's a big issue. And other than lactation consultants, I would say, you know, look on social media at local groups, you know, if they have, you know, the backing that they need as far as, like, people that know what they're actually talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, other moms that are breastfeeding. That's a big one. 
So um, now that we've talked about confidence and support, what about nurturing your body? You know, you know, we want moms to eat so that they can produce more milk and we want them to drink lots of water. But what other steps can they can take to nurture their body? Well, I mean, there's there is no there's no special diet that that, that's required for breastfeeding. There is no your your body is is designed to, 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 to grow a baby during pregnancy and to keep growing that baby on breast milk. Yes. If you have a healthy diet, then you're going to feel better. You're going to cope better with the the, the, the broken broken sleep. Uh, you and baby are both going to going to be healthier. But there's no special foods you have to eat or special foods you have to avoid. Um, and I think if we we make if we talk too much about needing to do special stuff or take special vitamins, we make breastfeeding sound like it's too hard. And and it's 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 easy. It can be easy once once you and your baby have learnt, learnt about each other and, and learned how to get how to get it together. And what was your diet like, Alicia? Well, actually, my son has a dairy and soy intolerance, so I do not eat any dairy or any soy, uh, so that I can continue to breastfeed him. But you know, that's not the case with most moms. That just happens to be my case. But I mean, I eat you know what I want within those guidelines, of course. And uh, I've lost a lot of weight while breastfeeding. But, I mean, there's so many good benefits to it. It makes me feel good, too. I mean, if I'm feeling stressed and I nurse my baby, I just automatically feel better afterwards. You know, you, it releases those oxytocins in your brain and everything. Yes, so, makes yes, happy. Right. <laughs> yes. I think uh, as far as, like, nourishing th- your body and things that are good for you while breastfeeding is, uh, I think a big part of it is your mental capacity, you know, like your uh, mental health, you know. Uh, try not to be stressed and overthink everything and just trust in your body and uh, don't give up. Yeah. Right? And if, yeah, if it's something you're passionate about and determined about, then you can do it, you know, just keep at it. I think the most important nurturing is the nurturing that Alicia was speaking about of, of surrounding yourself with other people who are also breastfeeding, who can help each other and, and keep each other going. I mean, I think it's the mental nurturing is probably more important than the perhaps in the physical nurturing. Um, I think the other thing to be aware of, though, is that by breastfeeding, you have to stop regularly. You need to sit down and or lie down and feed your baby. I mean, yes, it is possible to feed on the go with the baby in the sling, but you don't do that on every feed. And, you know, you can look at it that, you know, this is my chance. I need to sit down. My baby needs a feed. I need to sit down. I need to put Netflix on for half an hour because I need to lie down and feed my baby. <laughs> it's like a little mini break in itself because moms are, it's a 24 seven job. And so it's a nice little break when I need to go lay down with my baby and just nurse him and relax and not be up doing a million things for my household, you know? So these are s- such great and important points that you both are making. And I'm so glad we had this conversation. Um, and I hope the moms that are listening do get the confidence they need because they know that they're not alone, that other people have gone through this, like Alicia, and that the moms that you have worked with, Jeannie. Thank you so much to everyone for being part of today's show and for sharing their experience. If you're a member of the Boob Group, then be sure to check out the bonus content for this episode where we'll discuss how IVF moms can prepare to breastfeed before the baby is born.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the next segment is Mama Hacks. And in this segment, we've received lots of great hacks from moms that have breastfed and breast pumped. And this hack comes from Katie from Facebook. She says, hi, ladies, I just started listening and I'm really enjoying the series thus far. I do remember hearing in an episode you saying you have listeners send in tips and referred one about utilizing the letdown functions on pump. I have a tip for moms pumping at work as well. Instead of cleaning my pump parts after each pump at work, I refrigerate them to reduce the time I'm in the pump room. I then only have to clean them once a day. Thanks for the show, ladies. So this is a great tip because you think about how many times you have to go back and forth and wash those pumps. And um, after each session at work, it's a lot of work. So this is actually a great idea just to put them in the freezer and freeze them up so the milk that's on the pump itself won't spoil. No, not, not freezer, not freezer in a sealed container in the fridge. That's yes. what I was going to say. I'm so glad you <laughs> yes. said sealed container because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if she's like in, you know, regular, you know, just let's just say there's one big fridge for everyone. And, and but at home as well, mums that are prep, that are pumping, re- re, you know, lots of times a day at home as well, if they're building the milk supply or they've got a preemie baby, the same thing applies that they, you know, rinse the milk off, refrigerate it and do a full clean once every 24 hours. Okay. So you still have to rinse it off with some water, stick it in like some sort of Ziploc bag. That's, kind of that's my understanding okay. but you'd, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd rinse you'd rinse it put it in a sealed container in the fridge uh and you only have to do that full clean once every 24 hours oh, yeah wow. i bet that saves a lot of time <laughs> a yeah, lot of time like, yes yeah, right for, for women who are, who are pumping frequently yes it can save a huge amount of time i've been pumping a lot trying to get my supply back up and yeah washing pump parts <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work once right? a day is enough for me that's why i often also talk to mums about you know if you've been t- told to pump to um to build your supply um it can be a whole lot easier just putting the baby to the breast more often if, if you're with you know if your baby's at home with you and you're at home with your baby putting your baby to the breast more often is a whole lot easier than having to clean the pump and has the same effect amen sister Amen, sister. (laughs) So that wraps up our show for today. Thanks for listening to The Boo Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, Newbies for Newly Postpartum Moms, Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Toddlers, and Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples. This is The Boo Group, where moms know breast. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. 
If you are a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.